You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Maria Guardado, who covers the Angels for MLB.com. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We had a bit of breaking news. It's Tuesday. so But first, we're going to start with Shohei Otani because he is commanding the attention of all of Major League Baseball. So we're going to lead off with him. So, Maria, let's address this Japanese Babe Ruth that is in the room because the Angels are in the running, and a lot of teams are not. There's seven teams left. Uh, Otani's whittled down his suitors. And as we learn a little bit more about this guy we know that money is not the driving force and that seems to be a pretty good positive for the angels they have a lot of other factors that i think can entice otani bring him to anaheim to help contribute to this club i'm wondering how you expect the angels to land this elite player yeah i mean i think that you know that's kind of the question that that all of the the finalists are kind of facing right now you know reportedly there there are about seven teams left in, in the race for otani and the angels are one of them um, and it and it really seems like, as you mentioned, because he is kind of subject to the international signing rules, he's, he's under 25. Money is really not what it's going to come down to for him. Um, Yankees uh, general manager Brian Cashman, in discussing the fact that the Yankees surprisingly did not get uh, an invitation to the second round with Otani, said that he seemed to prefer kind of West Coast destinations with in smaller markets. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the Angels are in Anaheim, um, and even though they have Los Angeles in their official name, you know, they, they're much more kind of low-key in Orange County. So um, I think, you know, just in terms of those two criteria, um, I think that, you know, the Angels could be a, a nice fit for Otani. Um, and there, there also just happens to be a pretty significant Japanese population here in this region, uh, which I think could really kind of help transition uh, Otani in his move from Japan to the United States. Um, and I think he's just a, a really intriguing talent who could definitely help the Angels uh, by giving them kind of an impact arm into their starting rotation and uh, a left-handed slugger to kind of pair with, with Mike Trout and, and Justin Upton. So um, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see uh, who he ends up choosing. Um, and I think the Angels could be right in the thick of it. Yeah, I absolutely think so. They're one of three AL teams. And not to mention, he can learn from a guy like Albert Pujols. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Uh, but let's let's get to the, the big news that just came out on Tuesday. Switch hitting Kevin Maiton, signed by the Angels. Maiton was one of 13 prospects deemed illegally acquired by the Braves, sent back to free agency, which commenced today, December 5th. He was the number 38 prospect in the top 100 on MLB Pipeline. In 2016, he was number one on the international prospect list, and you tweeted that he'll become the number one prospect in the Angels system and the only Angels prospect in the top 100. So we know we know a little bit about this guy. The other factor, too, is uh, the international money that they're using, right? Uh, they, they have the option to use this year's or next year's. I'm wondering, can you just fill in some details, fill in the blanks about Kevin Maiton? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, this is this uh, agreement is, is a bit of a coup for the for the Angels, I would say, who obviously have kind of an improving farm system. So, I think that Maiton is definitely definitely adds kind of a, a talent uh, 
that the Angels farm system hasn't really had a lot in the in the past few years. Um, so yeah, I mean the agreement is is worth uh, 2.2 million according to our colleague uh, Jesse Sanchez, and um, I think the the good thing for the Angels is that this signing uh, doesn't necessarily take them out of the running for Shohei Otani yeah. um, because uh, essentially under the rules that Major League Baseball kind of laid out uh, for teams who are interested in signing the the recently released Braves. Uh, prospects, um, basically they they have the option to either use that money from their current, this year's pool or next year's, but they can't combine them. And since the Angels have only 1.3, about 1.3 million left in this year's pool, that seems to suggest that they're using next year's pool uh, to, to, to sign uh, my time. So that would mean that they still have the, the 1.3 million is still intact. Uh, and, you know, general manager Billy Upler has already said that he intends to use that money to go after Otani. So uh, I think that basically the, the Angels uh, have picked up my ton and they still have that money left kind of, you know, put away for, for Otani. So, yeah, I think it, uh, overall it, it's definitely good news for the Angels, uh, who, like I said, are just kind of looking to add talent. Um, and I think that this was really definitely an opportunity for them to kind of come in and scoop up uh, a highly touted shortstop who I'm sure is going to be someone who can kind of help them down the line once he kind of develops. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's yeah, seventeen too, Maria. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of potential there, and I think that you know when he first signed with the Braves, he signed for four point two five billion, which was a Venezuelan bonus record. So the fact that they now got him for two million, I think, is is kind of you know them being opportunistic and kind of pouncing on on a talent, uh, you know, that ended up. Uh, becoming a free agent because of the, the investigation to the Braves. Yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like the Angels, not that they were worst, but the Angels really just upped the ante in the, the division race and just overall how how they could do next year, especially if they land Otani. They're going to be stacked and just waiting for Maiton to eventually make his way to the major leagues um, is really, really exciting, I think, for the entire organization. So, we do need to talk about the non-tender trade deadline. It, it came and went, but something that kind of stood out to me uh, was Blake Wood. So the Angels avoided arbitration on all 10 players who were eligible. Uh, Blake Wood was claimed off waivers from the Reds back in August. I'm wondering what you think the Angels are looking forward to him achieving in 2018. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wood was only for uh, – only with the Angels for about you know the last month of the season or so, but I think they were they were kind of pleased with what they saw in him. He kind of had a bit of a high ERA, but he only had 22 but he had 22 strikeouts and four walks in 17 innings. So I think that that uh, was one of the the you know statistics that the Angels kind of looked to and and you know saw a lot of positive uh, you know potential in, in Wood. So I think that they kind of see him you know fitting into the kind of their back end plans out of the bullpen next season. Um, and yeah, I mean they they reportedly agreed to a 1.45 million dollar contract with him, um, which is kind of a little bit less than he had been projected to earn, according to Major League trade rumors, which had him at 2.2 million. So um, yeah, I mean I think uh, you know it's always nice to kind of avoid arbitration with players yeah. when you can. Uh, so I think just having him back uh, in the fold, you know, uh, for that bullpen uh, next year is is going to be helpful. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Angels didn't end up non-tendering any of their arbitration eligible players, which was kind of expected. So, um, you know, I kind of expect them to, to avoid arbitration with the rest of that group as well, which includes guys like Garrett Richards, Martin Maldonado, uh, Andrew Heaney, Tyler Skaggs, and, you know, a lot of other guys as well. All right. I like that too. 
All right, Maria, we're gonna we're gonna go back in time for a second. Are you are you ready? Yes, okay. <laughs> I think so. Okay, 2011. That was a pretty memorable year for me personally. The Cardinals won the World Series. Pretty pretty big year, but the Angels also had a big year because not only did they sign C.J. Wilson, but they signed Albert Pujols. Ten years, 254 million dollars. Uh, stunning is a good word to use, I think, on both sides of the coin. Can you walk us through that moment in Angels history? Sure. So I, you know, disclosure, I was not covering baseball yet. Um, You know, I was still in college, so I was not there firsthand to, you know, witness this particular winter meetings, but it certainly was a memorable one for the Angels uh, just because of the fact that they managed to to sign Albert Pujols and kind of came out of nowhere to – to do that, I think, uh, you know, based on, you know, in reading past articles, uh, it seems like, you know, the Cardinals were really kind of expected to, to keep him uh, in St. Louis, uh, you know, where he had been a three-time uh, National League MVP, uh, you know, of course, you know, one of the most feared sluggers of his generation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Angels kind of came out of nowhere and ended up landing him with that 10-year, $264 million deal. Um, and I thought it was really one of the things that I found interesting was that uh, apparently that whole deal was worth more than than the Angels owner Artie Moreno had paid for the entire franchise when he bought the team um, wow. so I think that just kind of spoke to, to you know the the lucrative nature uh, of the contract that Pujols was able to land just based on his talent um, and I think the Angels just stunned a lot of people by coming out of nowhere to kind of do that um, you know I think the Marlins were also one of the teams who, who were in the mix uh, before the Angels uh, kind of landed him at that winter meetings. And, you know, to go along with Pujols, they also signed C.J. Wilson, who I guess at the time was considered the top free agent starter. Uh, so I think that, you know, the, those two signings really signaled that the Angels were kind of in it. And yeah. I believe that was the first year of, of Jerry DePoto's reign as, as general manager. So, you know, what a way to make a statement by landing those two players. Um, so it, it definitely was a, a winter meetings to remember for, for the Angels. Yeah, not too shabby, I'd say. So we're obviously bringing this up because the winter meetings are literally around the corner. I'm wondering, do you think the Angels are are primed and ready to make a few more moves? I know we've been talking in the past couple of weeks about what they need to get to be ready for this season. Uh, You think it's going to happen next week? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it seems likely that, you know, once the Otani business is, is kind of out of the way, and, and it looks like it could be wrapping up soon since he's meeting with teams this week in Los Angeles um, and, you know, could be closing in on decisions and on any decisions since he only has until, I believe, December 22nd to, to pick a team. I think that once that's kind of out of the way, and maybe once, you know, John Carlos Stanton is kind of traded, I feel like the, you know, those those two things, once they're cleared up, I think that the, the market could kind of start speeding up and, a lot of players could start coming off the board, you know, so I think that's when the Angels can kind of go back to, to addressing some of their other holes that they have, most notably, of course, at second base, um, you know, the corner infield, and, you know, maybe starting pitching. Um, so, yeah, I do expect there to be a lot more activity once everyone kind of heads to Orlando, and hopefully, like, some of the, some of the other things are kind of taken care of already. Yeah, fingers crossed, Maria. I think it's going to be pretty exciting in Orlando. I don't know if Orlando can handle what could possibly happen, but they better be ready for it. So I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to what's going to happen with the Angels in the next coming weeks. Maria Guardado covers the Angels for MLB.com. I'm Danny Wexelman. These are our MLB.com Extras podcast. Thanks for tuning in.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.